Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. Hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR consultancy for startups Fallowfield and Mason. In today's episode, we hear from Martine Thomason, who, through studying how to be an entrepreneur in her educational years, gave her the foundations to then launch her own business when she became ready to. Having been an employed digital marketer and then a self-employed artist, she has now launched her own coaching business, specialising in helping female entrepreneurs overcome limiting beliefs, which is just one element among many incredible techniques that she uses in her coaching. Martin talks through the differences between a mentor and a coach, how to work with that inner voice that can sometimes do so much damage in our everyday, and how to really master your personal energy levels for the best output possible. Hi Martin, thank you so much for your time today. It would be great if you could briefly introduce yourself and a bit about your background. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. So I've been really interested in entrepreneurship my whole life. And when I was 19, I went on to study entrepreneurship. So I did a triple major in marketing, management and entrepreneurship and innovation in Australia. And when I moved to Japan, I just thought, I'll just live out my dream of being an artist. So I became a full-time artist, painting oil paintings in Japan and making my own online boutique Then we actually moved to Sydney and then I got a full-time job there, but I had already started dabbling with my own business, freelance marketing, and I found that it was a lot of coaching with those clients as well. So I already back then started my business without calling it a business, I suppose, like a coaching business. It was more focused on the marketing. And then I moved back to Oslo, Norway, and I got a full-time job as a digital marketing consultant at an agency. And I also did my full-time master's degree. So that was a lot of work, but I learned so much because I was also dabbling in in my business as well. So you had three jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I think that's just an entrepreneurial thing. We just take on too much. And that's where I've learned so many lessons about managing our mind, which is what I'm teaching my clients as well. So I'm super happy that I have this diverse background because now I can relate to so many more people and learning all of those hacks for starting my own company in terms of the do's and don'ts for yes, strategy and all of that really set me up to succeed where I'm at now. I think it's really important to say that you're a certified entrepreneur coach and you're dedicated to support conscious women and empower them to overcome their limiting beliefs. So it'd be wonderful if you could share some of your personal experiences to how you overcame your own limiting beliefs. Yeah, so limiting beliefs will always arise, but it's a matter of how we handle them. And so for myself, it's sitting down and looking at the results that prove me otherwise. Like if I am hesitant, if I'm good enough about something, I'll tell myself I am good enough because I've got this background. I have these personal qualities. I have this network. And why the hell not just try? If it gets uncomfortable for a little short time, doesn't matter. You fail ahead of time if you don't even give it a try. 
how do you pull yourself out of that spiral of your brain telling you these negative things? Being a coach, you learn a lot of different tools. What actually seems to give results is when you get your prefrontal cortex working. So there's this this self-coaching system that I also teach my clients about going through and recognizing what you're feeling right now, because we don't want to neglect those feelings, because if we press it, they're, they're going to come up. But if we recognize them, And then we're like, okay, that's fine. But what I choose to think is this, this, and this to really just bring ourselves back to the mindset of the person that we want to grow into. And it makes it so much faster because you took the time to sit down and spend those 10 minutes really sitting with it instead of being half in, half out. And the messaging that you're creating kind of gives off that vibe. Like if if someone's super enthusiastic and eager about their work, it's going to shine through. Likewise, if you're rolling with the punches, like, oh my God, I just need to push this content out. That is also going to shine through because what we feel the receiver feels. So that's why it's so important to just recognize our feelings and and working with those. And also remembering that we win or we learn. It's not like a win or a fail. We always learn something and then we can use that for our next step in the process. Yeah, because the word failure has so many negative connotations to it. And a lot of people have said, be completely fine that you're going to fail at things. And it's a good thing. Is there a piece of advice that you really live by? There's actually my favorite quote from Henry Ford that has stuck with me for so many years and really helped me. And it is related to what we were just talking about. It's whether you think you can or you think you cannot, you're right. And that just makes me pull myself back every time. If I'm having limiting beliefs or procrastinating doing something, it's like, well, you're directly creating the results simply by thinking those things. So it's really being conscious of your thoughts. And someone else said that to me once, never say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to your five-year-old self. Yeah. In psychology, some people say that our feelings are actually working as children. If you get triggered, it's actually the response that a child would have a lot of the time if you haven't integrated and and worked with it. So if you feel sad or upset, you should be tending to it as if it was a child because it is a part of you that is reaching out and need that support. Otherwise, it wouldn't have reacted. And how do you tend to stay inspired? Like, where do you seek inspiration from? So a lot of the things come from the thought work and I also have my own coach. I find it really helpful to have someone that you check in with every week. Another trick that I do is to have a day or maybe a weekend where I don't allow myself to do anything, like if I'm really out of it, where I'm forcing myself to do nothing because then the eagerness grows within me like, but I want to, I want to do it. And also just going on walks, moving our bodies. And I find because I always listen to different podcasts, if you listen to podcasts that are related to what you're working with, you will hear someone say something in there that sparks some kind of inspiration. It's like, oh, that's brilliant. I want to create something around that. So that's something that I really work with a lot as well, just getting out and moving and listening to other inspiring people. Given that you are a coach, Martine, a lot of people have said to me, you need to get a mentor. And then a lot of other people have said, you need to get a coach. And I know they're two very different things. I was hoping you could give an umbrella view of the two options. Yeah. So a mentor is a person that have walked a path before you and can actually point you in the right direction based on what they've seen working for them specifically or that they've seen working in the industry. Whereas a coach is saying, no, you're the expert because it's your business, it's your mind, it's your life. And we're trained to ask the right questions for you to find the answers that you actually have yourself, but are so much in your blind spot because you're so close to your own problems that you don't see them. 
how do you continually learn and upskill? So I think that I am just always going to learn. My boyfriend calls me a learnaholic. I just love it. I thrive on it. I'm just a total self-development freak. (laughs) So, you know, podcasts, books, if anyone on a podcast recommends a book, I'll buy it straight away. And the courses, if I come across some, I I think that is just the more you learn, the more you earn. (laughs) And I so agree with that quote. (laughs) Well, how do you find the time to manage that? Something that has been revolutionary for me is being really strict on scheduling because I know exactly what to do it, when to do it. Because what I see is that a lot of entrepreneurs say that I work so much on my business, but then when we get to it, they're mostly stuck in analysis paralysis or compare despair or procrastinating and getting on Instagram. So three hours might have gone by and they actually haven't produced anything. So really focusing on income producing activities first is just super helpful. And multitasking, like I said, listening to podcasts while you're running or walking the dog. Although single tasking is a lot better for concentrated work. So that's why the calendar comes in handy. What is the most surprising thing that you have learned about yourself since becoming your own boss? Yeah, I think it must be that I try to control everything. I try to control the outcome of the coaching. I try to control the outcome of amounts of clients that I'm signing, all of those things. I have to say, I had to really work through that. Of course, have goals and intentions, but be detached from the outcome and really living in the space of service and not what I wanted to get from it. So even with all of the work that you've done and obviously the coaching you've done, that will have brought that up to the surface. And so that's really interesting to acknowledge that. How have you managed your pricing structure? Is there any advice that you would offer somebody going into a service-based business about pricing? What I always think about is what is best for you and what is best for the client. So what is best for you in terms of structure? Is it best for you with a subscription model because you're getting money coming in every month? Or is it you know a one-off payment because you want people to be committed from the get-go? The most important thing is that you think that it's worth it. Because if you don't think the service is worth the price that you're charging, you're going to have a hard time selling it because your doubt is going to shine through when you talk about your product. So there's three things that you really need in order to sell to something or three beliefs. Belief in yourself, belief in the product or service, and then the belief in the client in the sense that there's clients out there that are willing and wanting to get what you have to offer. And if you don't have the confidence, then it's going to be hard to sell it. So no matter what price you land on, you just have to make sure that you truly believe that it's worth it. Yeah, that's brilliant advice. What is it you love the most about being self-employed? With myself, I can spend my time the way I want and I get to prioritize how I want. And also something that I've recently learned about is to structure my business around my cycles or like female periods, because Ah. as opposed to males who have a 24-hour cycle of hormones, females, we have a 28 to about 32 day cycle. So we actually have a quarter of a month that is different. So when we're having our period, we are low in energy. We tend to be more introspective and and that's sort of a great time to evaluate what we've done up to this point and what we want to do differently on all of those things. Whereas the two following weeks are great for planning and being social and having meetings and presentations and sort of structuring those four pieces of the month to where our hormones are, are at because we just biologically have less energy in certain weeks. Yeah. What do you like the least about being self-employed? 
But I think that I'm missing colleagues. Yeah. Because we do spend a lot of time alone. So I think in doing things differently, I might get myself an office in like a shared space or something like that. I did that last year and it was a complete game changer, I have to say. Is there any advice, given that you do spend a lot of time alone, self-employed, at home potentially, is there anything you could suggest that entrepreneurs do to boost their own confidence? Yeah, I think a sense of achievement is always going to build confidence. So really recognizing all the things that you have done and you have completed and to always celebrate the little wins, no matter how small, and sharing the wins with other people that are entrepreneurial or in in the same boat as you, but also to actually keep my word to myself as well. Setting up an appointment with another person we would definitely hold that appointment. But if we put up an appointment with ourselves, we might just push it back or like, oh, I'll do it later. But if you actually keep to your word and you do the things that you say that you do, that also builds self-trust and self-confidence. You've given so much useful information. Is there anything else, any golden nugget of advice that you'd like to offer any new entrepreneur? Be around like-minded people and preferably people that are a little bit ahead of you that pulls your vision and gets in your corner because a lot of the time we have family or friends that aren't in that same space and they think that it's scary and they project their own fears onto you. So be in a space where people are cheering you on and believing in you even when you don't believe in yourself. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Martine. I have learned so much from you today and I really appreciate all of your advice that you have shared. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun getting on here and talking with you. I've learned so much from Martine on how to manage myself through this startup phase. It is a whole different way of working, so no wonder sometimes it can feel like a lot, but also great to know there are ways of managing it too. If you'd like to contact Martine and find out more about her coaching, you'll find all of her details in the show notes, along with a recap of the advice that she has shared. It is also good to know that she offers all prospective clients a free initial coaching session so you can learn more about it. Thank you for listening to How to Start Up. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it. 